Rolling and the sound. What? Fuck. Speeding and the sound is speeding. <laughs> Hi, welcome to another episode of This Week of Drew, the Monday edition for Monday, September 27, 2021. Let's We're back. And on today's episode, we're going to Flow and you know that he's feeling right. Hi, welcome to another episode of This Week with Drew, the Monday edition for Monday, September 27th, 2021. How are you? How are you? I hope you are doing well and uh, you had a, a good weekend and you were able to uh, maybe take in some of the fall colors and some of the, you know, the leaves. It's a very short period of the year when the leaves are falling and we're contemplating changes and we're all making sure that we're getting all of our things together for winter and uh getting all of our just ducks in a row and we're back in our routine it's fall and we're getting christmas is only 85 days away 60 days away say 58 days away and uh you know where it's a thanksgiving soon and we're all coming together so yo uh <laughs> yeah i hope you had a good weekend let's talk about let's start off the show with a little bit of a How How was my weekend? Uh, my weekend was good. I uh, I hope you had a good weekend too. I had a good weekend. Um, I was able to do comedy three shows three times. I had a show on Friday at the uh, Toronto Music Gardens where we as cow we and when I say we I mean cowbell comedy. Braden Lynch and my and myself have been running shows for like five months on Sundays uh, on Fridays and Saturdays on the occasional weekday down there at the Toronto Music Gardens right on the water. Front of the boats, uh, you know, we got the CN Tower behind us. This park was designed by Yo-Yo Ma for music. And now uh, we have comedians talking about whatever they want there. I can't imagine Yo-Yo Ma envisioned that. But the acoustics are real nice. And if you are listening to this podcast and you've been to the show, thank you. So, uh, yeah, I was there. I headlined. I got to headline. I did the, um, I did the show. And I want to apologize because, honestly... I uh, I thought I was going to uh, be up a little bit earlier and I had an extra two beers more than I thought I was going to be able to consume before I went on stage. So it was a little bit, honestly, like I don't I don't really ever drink on stage, but this was the outdoor show and it was like Friday night and blah, 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 this and that. And then I, I don't know, I just I wasn't obviously wasn't drunk. I only had two I had two beers, two big beers, those big three speed loggers. And they're only four percenters, but, you know, it impedes your um, mo- mouth mobility, you know. As an actor, I uh, trained, uh, you know, I learned a bunch of techniques to keep yourself, your, you know, your mouth muscles lubricated before and all flexed out before you're going on stage. And, yeah, so whatever. A little bit, uh, a little bit of, uh, you know drunk guy <laughs> drunk guy voice but not in that i was slurring and not that i was intoxicated or anything but it was just like you can kind of you know you have a couple beers in you and you start you sound a little different and uh that's why i don't like drinking on stage because for me and when i do stand up i need to tap into the source man i need to tap into the ethereal 
the uh, the divine man and and ride that cosmic wave, dude. And uh, alcohol is uh, is uh, it doesn't it doesn't let you get there quicker. It stops you, man. It clouds the the pathway. It adds fog to the path, and it doesn't provide you with the clear route to the stream. Tapping into the source, man. I am but merely a vessel through which energy flows. <laughs> it sounds hippie, but it's all when you hear people who are really good at what they do, they all like Bruce Lee echoes the same sentiment that I'm echoing right now about stand up. And, and it's just that you kind of just got to release yourself to the thing, whatever the thing is. Like Carlos Santana has that story. Joe was telling me this at the corner on Thursday where he was at Woodstock, Carlos Santana. And he was high as tripping on acid and he's in the middle of his set and he's playing this epic guitar solo and the interviewer is asking him like, what was that like or whatever? And he's like, to be honest, like I was high as shit on acid and the guitar had turned into a snake in my hands and I was like fighting, I was like fighting the snake. But at the same time, I was like, like, you know, I didn't, I was able to like, like look at myself like while I was playing the guitar, but watch myself like fighting this snake, which was also me holding the guitar. <laughs> and you look back at the video of him and his face, he's like all like, he's all fucking like literally tripping and he's like holding the guitar and it's like, Ugh! like, it's like really scary. But the most fucking beautiful music is coming out of that guitar. Like he's just absolutely wailing just shredding so per perfectly in such a unique like Santana I don't want to say he's an underrated guitarist but obviously like you know he's revered as one of the greatest guitar players of all time but he really is this unique guitar player like to the fact where he can do that Rob Thomas shit that he did buddy Santana and Rob Thomas it's like like you hear that riff what is that fucking um how do you play that? Ah, uh, fuck, whatever. We'll come back to that. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll learn that riff and we'll come back to it. But Santana have fucking plays that uh, riff with Rob Thomas. And Rob Thomas is the one singing. And Santana doesn't even sing. Um, Santana doesn't even sing on that song. I accidentally, I might, I've, said, <laughs> I've said this before. Um, uh, but I actually wrote Smooth one time. I, I also I wrote Smooth by uh carlos santana and rob thomas i took it to my band <laughs> and they're like buddy that's the fucking same that's the exact same fucking song <laughs> as smooth and it was in the fucking same key too um but the, what, the point that i'm trying to make is that santana made that song and he's not even he doesn't even sing but his guitar tone is so unique that it's just like it's he's able to sing with his guitar and you hear him playing and you're like, that's just Carlos Santana. And that's what he sounds like. And he's able to sound like that. Like he Jimi Hendrix has that. David Gilmore has that. Fucking uh, Jared James Nichols unbelievably has that. Um, Derek Trucks has that huge big time, you know, like these sort of like these like phrase monsters. Because there's guys that are beasts or whatever, where it's just like. Ingve Malmsteen and fucking the dudes from Dragon Force and Michelangelo Badio or whatever, which I saw that dude live. He's the guy who plays a guitar left and right handed. He's got like a double guitar, like one sh with two necks shooting out opposite directions. And then he just fucking dilly, 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 dilly on with both hands. Like there's no strumming. It's just all fretting. But these guys are amazing technical guitar players. But the fucking... But they don't got that juice, man. I don't know the difference between hearing Dragon Force and fucking Ingve. Like, what's the fucking difference? I, I don't know. I can't hear it. It just sounds like... 
you know, like a fucking lawnmower weed whacker, just fire up the weed whacker. And, but you hear Santana and he's like fucking, how the fuck do I play that riff? How do I play fucking? How the fuck do you play that? Okay, whatever. Fuck my ear. My <laughs> ear is not good right now. Whatever. We'll pick that up later. Um. Okay. Anyways, I don't know how the fuck I got talking about this at all. How the fuck am I talking about Carlos fucking Santana right now? <laughs> Oh, because I was at the fucking, uh, I was talking about how was my week. Okay, so Friday, yeah, I'm at the show. Oh, yeah, okay, and I had a little bit of an impediment. But I guess that that being said, Carlo, I did just kind of contradict myself because Carlos Santana was flying the fuck on acid, and he was able to tap into the source. But alcohol, that's the thing. That's the difference, though, is acid and, like, you know, like, weed and fucking, you know, sh and, like, you know, mushrooms and shit like that. That's more of, like a, like, a booster. Like, you know when you're playing Mario Kart and you can hit those fucking speed booster pads? Boo! That's like a speed booster, but alcohol is like, yeah, exactly. It drives, it fucks up your driving abilities. But the fucking mushrooms is like, boo! <laughs> it shoots you a little quicker. It's a golden mushroom, papa. <laughs> it literally is a mushroom, actually. <laughs> when you eat the golden mushroom in Mario Kart, you can have, you can pump that bitch as long as you boo, 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 boo. Pump that golden mushroom. Fucking Mario Kart, man. Nice. You know they designed that game, those uh, the the question mark br uh, bricks, if you're to make it fair for kids who are in last place. So that's why when you're in last place, you always get the good one, and then when you're first place, you always get the shitty one because they algorithmically designed it that way to be fair. So I don't even know how you have competitive. Maybe there's the, that factors into the meta game. Oh man, there's probably a crazy fucking meta game of Mario Kart players, Mario Kart sixty four players. Fuck, man. There's everything. Anything you can get zoomed in on, bro. There's a culture around anything. There's a pen spinning. There's a whole, like, culture around spinning your pen around your fingers. And, like, pen spinning championships. And, like, you know, there's a guy somewhere with, like, 8,000 followers on Instagram who is, who is like, wildly famous to those. <laughs> That's, like, my buddy Chuck, Charles Haycock. He's, like, one of the best yo-yo guys who ever lived. And it's, like... You know, and he's he says it best, man. He's got the best joke on that. He's like, how many fucking yo-yo contests do you have to win to bef until you get the respect of your dad? Mo more than all of them. <laughs> Which is the best fucking joke in the world for him. Because it's like, yeah, it's like, yes, yeah, so what? <laughs> but to some fucking little 13-year-old kid in Japan, it's like, oh, fucking Charles Haycock is the shit. <laughs> Alex is going to like that. When he listens to this. Um, okay. <clears throat> what else did I do? And then I had <coughs> and then I had more shows on Saturday uh, at the Corner Comedy Club as I am back now in full time with. Obviously, I never left. But, uh, you know, Yuck Yucks is over now. And uh, that was nice. And then I hosted Cowbell again. Another Cowbell show at Comedy Bar. And here's the thing. The audience was okay. They were nice. They were a good crowd. Everybody there would have said they would have had a good time. But there's sometimes crowds that just... For whatever reason, they can't get a, a, a sense of group 
think suspended disbelief. They may laugh at the jokes, but there's this kind of like, because you need to feel anonymous in a crowd to be able to laugh and you need to feel like other people are laughing at your part of something because and if you get an audience where it's like most of these people are introverted people then you know it's going to be hard for them to jo- like you need a fucking a majority extroverted audience like 51% to just be on board and have the suspended disbelief but this fucking crowd <laughs> they were bad but they were good and it's just like why like, I, and it's not anyone's fault because we had a lineup of literally the best comics in the city, like like people with multiple TV tapings, multiple television writing credits, multiple television spots, you know, late night TV spots in America. You know, we're talking real, real legitimate comics going up and getting like a lukewarm, tepid response for tried and true material. And... And it's like, I fucking snapped. I literally snapped because halfway through the third guy, it's Nigel Grinstead goes up and he's like, and he's one of the best comics in the fucking country. And he's, you know, and they're like, they're giving him nothing. And it's like, and I go out there and I'm like, I don't even go on the mic. I fucking go away from the mic and I stand in front of the crowd and I'm like, who the fuck wants to be, who make some noise if you want to be here right now? How many people want to be in this room? And I'm telling you, we had 38 people and I got I'm 12, 12 people. I got maybe 13 people clapped and said, I gave a light, like, like a woo. And it's like, okay, then. And then I was like, and then it's like, okay, well then fuck you. I already got you. This is what I said. I'm like, well, then if you didn't clap, then get the fuck out of here. We already got your money. If you don't want to be here, then I don't want you to be fucking here. And that gets a huge pop. From all 38 people. And it's like, why? What? I wonder, let me pull this fuck. Oh, I didn't have, I didn't record it because it was in between sets. Fuck, I got to start remembering to record the in between sets. But it's like, why, why would you laugh at that then? Because then, oh yeah, now we're, you know, you, you, cause it's like, you understand like you were just part of that too. You just also heard that only a one third of the room wants to be there. So then me being like, oh, I already got your money. Get the fuck out of here. Like, you know, as, as like the, because you can make jokes and saying the opposite thing that you're socially supposed to say. I learned that from Rick Bronson one time. <laughs> side note, I was working. Uh, there's a little side story and we'll get back to this main story. I was working at the comic strip in Edmonton as I so often did and do. And Rick Bronson's got the late show and he's hosting or some shit. Or he was there. He was doing comedy for some reason. Rick was there. And uh, and I always a good time when fucking Rick's there. In the beginning, you're like scared of him. But then after like eight years or whatever, or six years, it's like, yeah, this fucking guy is awesome. And it's Tammy you got to be scared of. <laughs> Rick's all good. He just wants to get high and fucking party, you know. And uh, so then Rick's, it's the, it's the early show. And then we got a late show. And there's a couple groups still sitting around. And and I was like, I'd never seen this before. This guy hops on his own God mic in his own club. And he goes, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we got a late show. So please get the fuck out of here. I repeat, finish your fucking drinks and get the fuck out of my club. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) I was like, what the fuck? I was shocked. But they all laughed. They died, man. Because in the context, if you're at fucking Earl's, and the manager's like, get, we're closing, get the fuck out. You'd be like, what the fuck is that guy's problem? You'd be like, that's because like, you know, but in the context of a comedy club to say the exact opposite thing, 
that's fucking really funny. And they laughed and they instantly left because they got the message. It, comedy is the best way to deliver information like that. It's the easiest w pill to make it, to, to, to put it in, right? So anyways, I'm back at, now we're back at Comedy Bar here on Saturday night. And, and these people, and it's just like, what the fuck, man? And then, so then I'm like, whatever, I snap on them and like, you know, in an attempt to try to rescue the show or whatever. And I'm a fucking good host. I'll, and I've said this before, I'll say it again. I'll, I'll go toe to toe with anybody in this country. You want to be a good MC? I'll go fucking toe to toe. Sterling, maybe Sterling. I don't know who else though. I don't really know who else. I'm trying to think right now. My hubristic, I don't know. I just got the juice, man. <laughs> That's one. I won't say I'm the best comic and I'll never say that. But I am. I will say that I am one of the, uh, the fucking best MCs in this country. So I'm like, whatever. Whatever. I don't, you know, whatever. Fuck you. And then, and then after the show, it's like, whatever. I'm outside saying, talking to the comics or whatever. And then you get the whole group of people like, oh, that was so good. Like, you're so funny. Like, blah, blah, blah. And then you get like a, two groups, of giant groups of people. It's just like who I didn't see in the front row. And I'm like, where the fuck were you then when I needed you? <laughs> so I don't know, man. Fuck. Uh, some crowds, every crowd gets the fucking show they deserve. I'm a firm goddamn believer in that too. Every crowd, every crowd gets the show that they deserve. That's why last time I went to Teppanyaki at fucking, what's that? Hibachi, uh... What's that fucking place where they, where that, um, I've already stoned out on this before, uh, Japanese restaurant where they cook in front of you. Uh, teppanyaki grills, but what the fuck is the place? Oh my God. I've already done this to you guys before. It's like called a fucking, uh, Teppanyaki Toronto. Oh, I fucking hate when I do this. Did it close? What the fuck was it called? It was called, I don't know, whatever, fuck. Hiba uh, oh, this is pissing me off now too. Now I have to fucking find it. Benihana. Thank you. <laughs> fucking Benihana. Now why am I talking about Benihana? Oh, because la <laughs> last time I went there, I was like trying to big up everyone at my table. I'm like, yo, every crowd gets the show it deserves. If we give this guy some juice, man, he might do a little extra trick or something. <laughs> he might be, you know what I mean? If we show this guy that, like, that we're really down with what he's doing, like he might fucking, you know, who knows? Maybe he'll fucking... He's got a closer that he doesn't pull out for shitty tables. <laughs> like, so I was like trying to be like, every time he did something, he came out, I gave him, I was like, yeah, fucking yes, bro. Yes, look at you. And then every time he do something, I was like, woohoo, like, yes, I love this. Do more. I was like trying to be such a good audience member. And I don't know if he, uh, if we got the extra juice, he looked happy. He definitely, uh, but no one bought in. That's the thing is that I didn't have a table full of extroverts with me to buy in. I needed more people to buy in. <laughs> okay promotional speaking of buying in promotional consideration for this week with drew is provided by our patreons our patreons where you can access bonus content like all my homework that i'm doing 
um, for now, and then some more shit soon. Our Patreons, Anthony, Blair, Joel. Oh, and also you get a shout out every show too. I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't know this, but I don't tell people this, but that's why I shout them out is that's part of being a patron. If you want to get a shout out on the show and you're a listener, you will also be on this list. Anthony, Blair, Joel, Nick, and Mac, Bubba, Marnus, Bryce, Taryn, and in the motherfucking Hall of Fame, call that an Andre say their name. And also, his promotional consideration is provided by our sponsor, KingTutsCannabis.com. Use the promo code DREW, D-R-E-W, for 10% off your order. And you can do that as many fucking times as you want. You can use it forever. They always got great sales. A lot of good extracts going around. I just sent some shatter off to Nick and Mac and a lollipop. I hope you guys like that. Um, And, uh, yeah, if it's your first time, you get a little extra juice, 15 so go to kingtutscannabis.com, use the promo code DREW for 10% off your order. I was going to talk about the dummies at the Eaton Center. All I want to say about this is that, okay, so here's what happened is there was anti-vax and anti-mask protesters that wanted entry into the Eaton Center and were refused entry into the Eaton Center because of their, they were not wearing masks and it's a place where you got to show your vaccine passport. So... They felt that that was, uh, you know, against their whatever rights and freedoms to go to the mall. So they just said, fuck you. I'm just going to buy like push my way into this mall then. (laughs) So then all the cops and security guards came to like tell them to fuck off. And then they were like really trying to push in there. But I was like, what? I was thinking like, then what? You go for a fucking smoothie. You get a booster juice. You go to Aritzia. Like, then what? (laughs) <laughs> okay so now you're in what are you you're you here to buy anything or are you just browsing did you come to the mall today to, oh, did you come to the mall today to fucking browse <laughs> like are you guys so then what so you get into the Eaton center and then what you're gonna go try on some jeans at blue notes and then you're gonna buy them and then just walk back to your car like, what was so important in the Eaton Center? <laughs> or was it the principle of the matter? I guess it was the principle. And that if they could take away our Eaton Center, I don't even know what it is. I honestly don't get it. <laughs> I really, I just don't get it. The only thing that I understand is that is that you don't want to get it because it's just too new and it's to have, there's you don't know what the long-term side effects are which is like okay I can get that I understand that I don't know either who knows maybe we're in some mesothelioma shit and in 10 years it's going to be like did you or someone you know take the covid-19 vaccination you may be entitled to a lump sum settlement <laughs> I don't fucking know. Maybe. Uh, (laughs) If it is, then I'm going to get in on that fucking lump sum settlement. (laughs) And and then it's like, okay, like that's the only thing I can understand. But then if that, if that's what it is, then you got to understand that it's like, okay, well, it's just like, if you're doing that for your own personal health and then everyone else is like, well, we're okay. Our risk factor as a society is a little bit higher um, in terms of vaccine uh, side effects versus actual legitimate COVID, uh, you know, effects, and that we have a higher risk tolerance for the side effects of the vaccines than we do the actual effects of the virus, then fucking, then you got to understand that too, and then you don't get to go to Eat Center. Because <laughs> we have a society's determined that we have a higher risk tolerance for vaccine side effects than the actual effect of the COVID. <laughs> 
So fucking that's you can't you you uh, any other argument but then uh, then you can't get mad about that then then you can't be like okay well you guys have a higher risk tolerance than i do i should still get to go fucking to blue notes it's like well why (laughs) 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 fucking eden center okay yeah that's just funny i just thought it was funny i just thought like that then what Okay, you're in now, Gordy. Where's old Gordy off to now? He's gonna go buy a. <laughs> He's gonna go to Winners and see if they got anything in a size nine and a half. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, that's the show. Thank you so much for listening. I'm gonna play a little dad rock now. Uh, if you want to stick around, you can absolutely stick around. If not, I understand completely. <laughs> Uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening, and yeah, fucking hey, hang on one sec. Okay, I think we got some Thrashola here, uh, where is it? I hope this works. Is that gonna work? Oh yeah, here we go. Oh yeah. This is like Power Rangers.
fuck that. <laughs>